Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. This week, Pastor Josh Finkley brings us the fifth and final week of our series called The Key. Enjoy the message. So how's everybody doing today? You guys good out there, wherever you're at? So glad you are with us. I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, for those of you here in Conway, and, and also want to thank everybody who's joining us online or on demand. Would you guys give it up for everybody who's joining online or on demand at a later date? Glad that you are with us as well. And and you might be new with us. If you're new with us, man, thanks for coming, uh, whether that's here in Conway or online. And uh, man, our goal is that you would get connected. Like, like we really want to just help you get connected to Jesus and connected to others. That's, that's really what we're about as a church because we believe when that happens, you will truly find what matters. So, so hopefully uh, today you can already start heading down that route um, and definitely connect with us either at a Connect Corner or out at our Connect Tent or use the QR code uh, that you'll You'll find on your chair. If you're online, there'll be one on the screen later on, all right? So uh, before I dive in the message, there's a lot of little things I need to make sure you guys are aware of. One is we've got more Quest books available, all right? We've, we've given out over 1,400 of these bad boys, all right? And which is exciting, but, but we've, we've been out, they're back, they're, they're at the Connect Corner, and I want you to get one. Uh, our goal was that everybody would get one and that you would go on a journey with us to find and follow Jesus. And uh, this week, tomorrow, we will start week five, chapter five in your book. So if you have one and maybe didn't use it last week, dust it off, jump straight into, into chapter five, right? Don't, don't feel like you have to go back and try to catch up. No, just jump right in with where we already are. So week five, use it. If you don't have one, they're free of charge in the Connect Corner. We wanna get you one, either a regular version or a student version because we want everybody to, to be going on this journey together throughout the rest of the year, all right? So, so that's one thing I want to make sure you're aware of. Another thing, and this is exciting. I'm, I'm fired up about this, and I want you to be there with me, okay? This spring, we are bringing our prom for kids and adults with special needs back into the building, all right? That, that's exciting. Um, I don't know if you've ever been a part of it, uh, but we had to put it on pause uh, back in 2020 uh, when COVID hit. So last year we didn't do it. Uh, but this year we're having full on prom for teenagers and adults uh, who have disabilities, special needs. Um, what we like to say is who have exceptional abilities. Uh, they will be here that night. Uh, the last couple times we've done it, we've had about 300 kings and queens, as we like to call them, that have been here for the prom. And uh, so if you know anybody who, who you think would benefit from the prom, make sure they know about it. But in addition to that, it takes roughly, I mean, I'm going to say 900 volunteers to pull it off. Uh, every year we have between six and 900 different volunteers uh, that serve either before, during, or after. So, so I would love it if everybody said, I'm in. I'll be a buddy for somebody, or uh, I'll help serve food, or or I'll paint nails, or or I'll uh, I'll um, what is that? What is that you do with your shoe? 
Uh, polish your shoes, shine your shoes. I wear tennis shoes all the time. I'm like, I forget. Sorry, Bobby. I'm like, I've lost my mind. And our Spanish translators right now are going, where in the world is Josh going? Sorry, okay? Sorry, Edie. But anyway, um, but, but it's a great night. And I would love for you to sign up to help serve at as well. It's on April 1st. And uh, you can sign up to either attend or to serve by going to rockc3.com slash shine, okay? The event that we're calling it from now on, we're just calling it the shine prom. So rockc3.com slash shine, you can register or somebody can register to attend, all right? And then the last thing I want to say is this, is that um, next week we're starting a new series that we're calling Unhinged. And the idea with unhinged, we're kind of staying in this door theme that we've been in. And with the idea of unhinged is, well, maybe I could say it this way. How do we win the war with our mind? Anybody agree that there's oftentimes a war going on in here? right? And sometimes we get unhinged, and sometimes we get off kilter, off track. Well, with the series that we're going to do next week, it'll be about five, six weeks long, we're going to talk about, well, how do I win the war with my mind? How do I keep from getting unhinged? And we'll talk about things like winning the war with your mind when it comes to anxiety, worry, uh, stress, how to win the war with your mind when it comes to anger or revenge or lust, things of that nature. So it's going to be a great series that I, that I hopefully uh, that, that you'll come back for and be a part of. All right. Now, to dig into this series, we're going to wrap it up today. It's called The Key. And we've been saying for four weeks that Jesus preached a sermon and in it, he gave us the key to how to be, how to have a blessed, happy, favored, fortunate life. That he said, if you'll follow these, what we call beatitudes, you can be blessed, favored, fortunate, or happy. And each week we've gone through two different ones. And today we want to go through the last two. Now, now to do that, I need you to do a little experiment with me, okay? So this is uh, an all participation. Everybody just close your eyes for just a couple seconds. Just a couple seconds. What comes to your mind when you think of peace? peace. All right, you can open your eyes. Now, my guess is what came to your mind is probably um, some view of scenery, right? Like, like maybe like mountains, maybe a lake, maybe a beach, a swamp, the stars. Did anybody think of anything like this, like scenery or scenic? Raise your hand nice and high so I can see. Yeah. Okay. Most of us, most of us, that's where we go when we think of peace. Do you notice what you don't see? People. I don't know who said it, but that's not what you see. And chances are the majority of us in the room did not see people when I said, what do you, comes to your mind when you think of peace? Because people are not peaceful, are they? Right? You're like, I'm sitting next to somebody. I'm careful about how I respond. I get it. But, but, but if we're just honest, like when we think peace, we often think of things like that. That we think, I just want to go sit by the, by the ocean and, one, and watch the sunrise or the, the sunset. Like to me, that's peaceful. And we don't put people in those, those pictures because people often bring conflict. 
And where there's conflict, we think there's not peace. So, so it'd be natural for us to say, well, if I want to have peace in my life, then I'm just going to become like a hermit and go live off in, in, in the wilderness. But Jesus didn't give us that option. Jesus actually says the opposite. That he wants us to step into the lives of people to help bring peace. And the only way we can do that is if we become a peacemaker. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. This is the, the text that we've been looking at for this whole series. And in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, Jesus said it this way. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That he's saying that you need to become a peacemaker. Well, well what does that even mean? What does it mean to be a peacemaker? Because when you think peacemaker, what you might think is things like, well, then that means I, I, I must be a pacifist, right? Well, like if I'm going to be a peacemaker, I got to make sure that I, the only thing I do is have peace all around me. Uh, let, me let me just say this, that, that peacemaking does not necessarily equal pacifism. It, it, it doesn't. That, that peacemaking uh, does not equal peacekeeping. That we'll often think, well, I'll just be a peacekeeper. And if I'm a peacekeeper, then that will bring the peace. No, not necessarily. The only way to really be a peacemaker is to be willing to not have everything around you peaceful. This is going to sound a little crazy for a second. Like, if I want to be a peacemaker, then I have to understand it means that I might make something not peaceful so that I can bring peace. I could say peacemaking doesn't equal peaceful, but it does equal bringing peace. Well, how would we do that? Like, like why would I even want to? Because I want you to find peace. Why, why would you want to be a peacemaker to other people? Because I want you to find peace. Oh, okay, well then, how do I do it? How do, how, how do I become a peacemaker? What I would say is this. Break down barriers and build bridges. That, that if you want to bring peace, you have to break down barriers and you have to build bridges. What does it mean to break down a barrier? Or why do I say that in the midst of peace? Let me just ask, and maybe you shouldn't raise your hand on this one. <laughs> when there is conflict, how often do you build walls? Right? Like, it seems like, in a normal way, that most of us, when, when conflict hits, we like to build a barrier. And that's the reason I say if you want to be a peacemaker, you have to break down barriers. That, that we think, well, that person was mean to me, I built a barrier. That person gossiped about me, I built a barrier. That person lied about me, I built a barrier. That person heard something about me that isn't true, they built a barrier. That, that, that we're really good at, 
as people at building barriers. We're really good when somebody doesn't agree with us to put a wall up. We're really good when somebody has a different opinion to cancel them out, to make it where, where we're not in relationship anymore. We're really good at when we see somebody that, that is a little different, maybe has a different skin color, maybe comes from a different area of the country, maybe has a different belief system, maybe has a different financial status, maybe has a, a different idea on life. We're really good at building walls, aren't we? What Jesus says is we have to be really good at breaking them down. Then we gotta be really good at breaking down barriers. And we see it all the way through Scripture. We see all the way through scripture people breaking down barrier after barrier to help make peace. We see it in a guy named Abraham. Go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Uh, You'll see a guy named Abraham and his nephew Lot. And they were, they were both big families. They were kind of living side by side. Um, and, and all of a sudden, there was a feud going on between their families. Not between Abraham and Lot, but between the other people in the families. So Abraham went to Lot and he said, I want to step into this conflict. And, and I want us to figure this out. So he said, Lot, look at the land. Pick whatever part of the land you want. You want to the right, you got all to the right, I'll take the left. You want the left, you you can go to the left and I'll take the right. Lot, what would you like to, to have happen right now? What Abraham was doing is he was stepping into conflict where a wall had started to go up between their families and he said, I'm gonna break this wall down. And we see it between uh, King Saul and David. Uh, David was anointed to be the future king. And King Saul knew that, so he hated David and wanted to kill David and and was trying to find David to kill him. And then one day, David was hiding in a cave, and King Saul came into the cave uh, to go to the bathroom, literally came into into the cave just to go to the bathroom. And while he was sitting there going to the bathroom, David snuck up behind him and cut off a section of his robe. Now, all of David's men were saying, kill him. But David was like, no, I'm gonna be a peacemaker in the midst of conflict. And he cut off a section of his robe and then Saul left, not knowing David was in there. And then when Saul got far enough away from the cave, David came out and he shouted to him and he said, Saul, look, I could have killed you today, but rather than kill you, I wanted to save your life because you're the anointed king. And at the moment, Saul said, your righteousness far exceeds mine, that he understood that his life had been saved. David broke down a barrier. We see it in the life of Jesus, see it all throughout Jesus' life. One way you'll see it is if you do quest this week, you'll read about one of the situations that Jesus stepped in and he broke down a barrier. It was with his mom and dad. That Jesus, when he was about 12 years of age, uh, his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, had taken uh, the whole family to Jerusalem. And while they were in Jerusalem, they were celebrating a, a festival. And then when the festival ended, his parents left and they were gone for three days. And then all of a sudden, they realized that, that Jesus wasn't with them, all right? And I know you might go, well, that's crazy. Like, how do you not know your son's with you? Any dads here ever forgot your kids anywhere? Yeah, I know I have. Like you forgot to pick your kid up from school. That you forgot to pick your kid up from practice. Am I alone? No, no dad's gonna say, nope, not me. 
But, but you understand, right? Like, like we do that. And you might say, okay, that's different. That was five minutes. This was like three days. Yeah, but understand back then they would travel as a huge family in a caravan. So I'm sure they probably just thought Jesus was with one of, one, somebody else in the family. And, and then all of a sudden they realized he wasn't. So they ran back to Jerusalem. They're upset. They're seeking and searching for him all throughout the city. And they finally find him in the temple. And my guess is, again, it's a guess. Because we don't know exactly how it happened. But my guess is Mary didn't walk in and go, oh, there's our sweet little baby boy, Jesus. My guess is she's like, where you been? And there's conflict. And Jesus steps into it. And he points him back to God. He says, mom, dad, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? That Jesus stepped into the conflict, not away from it. And he talked about the business of the Father, the business of God. And after the conversation, then he went with them, and he was with them, and he honored them for all of his days. Right? Jesus stepped in. That wasn't the only time Jesus stepped into conflict in the middle of the temple. He also did it when some people were building barriers between the rich and religious and the poor and needy. See, the rich and the religious, they had set up a system in the temple where the poor and needy would have to come and buy their animals from the rich and the religious. And they would take the animals and they would raise the prices and they would, they would have money changing tables there too where you could change your money, but they made it unequal for those who were poor and needy. And when Jesus came into the temple and he saw what was going on, he was enraged, he was angered. And so he made a, wood, a whip, and with the whip, he, he kind of went after the animals and got them all out of the temple, and then he flipped over the tables of the money changers. Why would he do that? Because they had put a barrier between the people and God. And Jesus, when he sees a barrier that is being built, that is keeping people from God, he's going to break it down. And when he did it, guess what? It wasn't peaceful but it brought peace. That Jesus said, I've got to break down a barrier. He did it with the disciples. The disciples were arguing with one another. And as the disciples were arguing with one another about who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And they were like, well, I will, and I will, and I will. And Jesus stepped into the conflict and he broke down a barrier. He said, y'all want to be the greatest? Well, then just learn to serve one another. And, and he made the situation right. Guys, we need to follow the example of Jesus. When there is conflict, stop building walls. When there is conflict, we need to stop putting up barriers. And we think that barrier is going to give us peace. It's not going to give us peace. We think, well, that friend gossiped about me. I'm going to put a barrier between us. Well, that coworker, they're always stabbing me in the back. I'm gonna put a, put a barrier in between us. And that family member who said something about me or we got in an argument, I'm gonna put a barrier. It's, it won't bring peace. Oh, you might not see them for a little while, but what happens when you do? There's a whole lot of unpeaceful feeling in your heart the minute you see them. And what Jesus is saying is, man, we gotta break down that barrier and bring peace into a situation by being a peacemaker. We gotta break down barriers, but we also have to build bridges. Like if I really wanna be a peacemaker, I gotta break down a barrier, but I also have to build a bridge. And again, to this, I just simply look at Jesus. That Jesus was 
exceptional at building bridges that would connect people to one another and would connect people to God. Like you can go through his ministry and you see it. You see it when he called Matthew and Zacchaeus to follow him. Matthew and Zacchaeus, two different guys, but both of them tax collectors. And, and as tax collectors, they were outcast. As tax collectors, they were ignored, isolated by the Jewish community. That the religious people didn't like them, the Jewish people didn't like them, nobody liked them. And so you look at, at Matthew, he was sitting in his tax collector's booth, and Jesus came up to him and said, Matthew, come follow me. Now, what, Matt, what Jesus did by doing that was he built a bridge to Matthew. Where Matthew didn't feel like anybody loved him, Jesus said, dude, follow me. I'm going to build a bridge. And then that night, they went to Matthew's house. And while they were there, it says all kinds of notorious sinners came. Prostitutes, partiers, tax collectors. They came, and, and, and they were there with Jesus. And the rich and religious, they said, why is Jesus meeting with those kind of people? Because the rich and the religious looked at those people and said, we need to be separated from them because they're not like us. They don't believe like us. They don't act like us. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to build a bridge. I'm going to build a bridge that is going to connect these two groups. I'm going to build a bridge between this group and God. Because I want this group to be connected to others, and I want this group to be connected to God. That he did that with Matthew and Zacchaeus. He did that with the woman who was at the well in Samaria. That, that there was a woman, and, and uh, she lived in the town of Samaria, and she had been married multiple times. Well, all three of those things together made her an outcast. The, the Jews, they, they didn't like her because she was a woman and because she was from Samaria and because she was a sinner. The Samaritan people didn't like her because of her lifestyle. That, that she was alone and she was isolated. But Jesus, as he, as he was walking by, he sat down at the well and he had a conversation with this lady. He built a bridge. And by building a bridge with her, his disciples showed up and they're like, why are you talking to her? And he explained it all and then built a bridge from her to them. Again, Jesus is really good at building bridges for people to God and people to others. That, that, that we see it all through his ministry. We see a demon-possessed man who was chained to the tombs in his town. That, that his life was so crazy that the people of the town literally chained him to the tombs in the graveyard. You know what that means? It means they're saying it would be better if you were dead. That you're dead to us. And Jesus went to him. And he built a bridge. And he healed him, and he connected him to God, and he connected him to others. And we need to do the same. See, we got to break down a barrier so that we can be connected with others. But we also have to build bridges. And to build that bridge, it might mean that you have to reach out to somebody that, that you don't know. That you might have to build a bridge by connecting with somebody out, out on the sports field while, you, while your kids are practicing. You might have to build a bridge by going to somebody else's turf. You might see some, some people who you're connected to both of them and they're at odds and you become the bridge builder for them. That we need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and we need to build a bridge, one, for each other and then two, to God. 
But let me just say this. Let me just be real honest. Or maybe I could say it this way. If you want to be a bridge builder, if you want to break down barriers, if you want to have an active commitment to being a peacemaker, then, then I need to warn you. I, I, I need to give you a warning of what will happen. And this is what I know about us as people. We're not very good at following warnings, are we? When somebody says, hey, be careful, the stove is hot, what do you do? Touch it. How many of y'all touch the hot stove, right? Like, why would we do that? Like, they just told us the stove is hot, yet we, we'll go and touch it just to see. We're not very good at following warning labels. Like, anybody here drink a Diet Coke with me? Like, I love a good Diet Coke. Anybody else Diet Coke drinkers? Yeah, yeah. Then what we're doing, we're ignoring the warning signs. Because on every can of Diet Coke, it gives you a warning. I'm literally drinking one on my way up to the stage, right? Like, there's one of them. Anybody here like to ride a roller coaster? Okay, yeah. You, you ignore the warning sign. Every time you get on a roller coaster, it says, keep your hands inside the cart. And you ignore that. The only way you're not ignoring that is if you're holding on to the bar, which means you're a sissy. Okay? Well, like, like, like we're, we're really good at ignoring warning signs. So, so I hope, I hope that every one of us leaves this room today and says, yep, I'm ignoring that warning sign. Not a big deal. I'm okay with it. I see it. I recognize it. And I'm okay with it. And I'll take what comes with it. Because if you so choose to be a peacemaker, which means you're willing to break down barriers and build bridges, it won't always be peaceful, but it'll lead to peace. But because of that, here's the warning. It means you will be persecuted. You will be persecuted. If you commit to being a bridge builder, if you commit to being uh, one who tears down barriers, if you commit to being a peacemaker, then you will be persecuted because not everybody wants that in their life. Not everybody wants you to follow the commands of Jesus. And when you start to follow the words of Jesus, you will be persecuted for it. Jesus told us this as well. Here's his warning label. Jesus said it this way, Matthew chapter five, verse 10, he said, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That, that God is saying this, he's saying, you are blessed if you're persecuted. You're, you're blessed, let, let me keep reading, verse 11. God blesses you, when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. How crazy is that? Do you see Jesus' words there? He's saying, hey, be happy about it. Go back, go back to, to, to verse 11, T. This is what it says. That, that Verse 11 says, God bless you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you. When someone lies about you, be happy about it. Anybody in? Right? Like, like when's the last time somebody lied about you or gossiped about you and you're like, praise God. 
right? Well, like when somebody um, said all sorts of evil things about you, you're like, oh, this feels good. Man, I am living the life now. No, 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 none of us are like that. But Jesus says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. That what Jesus is trying to get at here is he's saying that you will be persecuted if you desire to follow me. That, that he's saying that, that there's no way around it. And you have to be happy about it. You have to be blessed. You have to say, I am fortunate to be persecuted. Now, again, most of us, when we hear that warning, will probably be like, I don't, I don't know. But I'm going to encourage you, no, step into it. Step into it because... What you're saying is, I just want to live out the words of Jesus. And you might say, well, why would I be persecuted for simply trying to bring peace into a situation? Well, I could look at it in the totality of all of the Beatitudes. See, everything Jesus has said, the things that we've hit over the last four weeks, they fly in the face of our current culture. They totally fly in the face of it. The world says, be rich. Jesus says, be poor. Uh, the, the world says, do whatever you can to make yourself happy. And Jesus says, no, be mournful and sad because you understand your spiritual state without God. Uh, that the world says, exalt yourself, climb the ladder, put yourself at the pinnacle where everybody notices you. And Jesus says, no, humble yourself before me. Uh, the, the world says, hunger after whatever you want to hunger after. And Jesus says, no, hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that the world says, get what is yours. If somebody offends you, seek revenge. And Jesus says, no, be merciful. The world says that, that just do whatever is on your heart heart. And Jesus says, no, have a pure heart. Everything that Jesus has said that we've looked at over the last four weeks flies in the face of the current culture. So when you say, I'm going to be poor, I'm going to be humble, I'm going to be hungry after God, I'm going to be merciful, I'm going to be a peacemaker, then what you're saying is, your life is different than my life, and people don't like that. And they'll persecute, and they'll judge, and they'll get upset because they'll see that your value system is different than their value system. John Stott said it this way. He said this. It's a, John Stott is an author. He said, persecution is a clash of irreconcilable value systems. That the value systems, they don't go together. And anytime value systems don't go together, there's going to be a clash. There's going to be conflict. I'd like to say it this way, that Christianity is irreconcilable with the values of the world. They're different. And therefore, we have to decide which value system am I going to live my life by. And if we choose the value system of Jesus, then it's going to bring conflict 
First, it's going to bring conflict in your own life. Bottom line is every time that, that you have an encounter with Jesus, there should be conflict. Because you're going to have to decide in that moment, am I going to follow the heart and will of Jesus or am I going to follow my own will? That, that conflict might have hit the first time you ever met Jesus where you're going, am I going to surrender and follow or am I going to take the lead myself? That conflict might be happening right now as you're trying to wrestle with maybe something Jesus is telling you to do. And you're like, but I don't want to forgive that person. I don't want to be a peacemaker in that person's life. I don't want to tear down the barrier. I just want to keep the wall up. And Jesus might be challenging you right now. No, tear the wall down. Tear it down. And you feel conflict over that. That might be where you're at. that if I choose to follow the values of Jesus, then it might bring conflict into other people's lives. But it's conflict that can lead to peace. But it can also lead to persecution. There's one way to avoid persecution. Don't follow the value system of Jesus. That's it. You wanna avoid persecution? Just don't follow the value system of Jesus. An author, his name is Kent Hughes, he says it this way. He says, if you want to get along, the formula is simple. Approve of the world's morals and ethics, at least outwardly. Live like the world lives. Laugh at its humor. Immerse yourself in its entertainment. Smile benignly when God is mocked. Act as if all religions converge on the same road. Don't mention hell. Draw no moral judgments. Take no stand on moral or political issues. Above all, do not share your faith. Follow this formula and it'll be smooth sailing. It might be smooth sailing, but I can tell you this, it won't lead to peace. It won't live, lead to a blessed life. It won't lead to a favored, fortunate, happy life. The only way to be blessed, favored, fortunate, happy is to follow the words of Jesus. And today, that means this, be a peacemaker. Step into the conflict and follow the example of Jesus. Just think about it. Jesus was the greatest peacemaker of all time. Because when Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth to break down the barrier. Because there's a barrier that stands between us and God, and that barrier, that wall, is sin. And Jesus, with one simple act on the cross, knocked down that wall forever, offering us access to God. Amen? That's what he did. He's the greatest peacemaker because he broke down the barriers that stood between us and God. But he didn't just break down the barrier, he built the bridge. He built the bridge to eternal life and a great earthly life. That's what the cross is a reflection of. The cross is a reflection of how we get to go from our old life to our new life with God. An old life to an everlasting life. An old life to an eternal life. That we get to walk across that cross beam as a bridge 
to life. And maybe, maybe that's where you find yourself right now. Maybe you find yourself in a position where you're like, I'm in conflict. I'm in conflict with God right now. Maybe, maybe that's where you're at. That when you walked in here this morning, you didn't realize it, but, but as you sit here, it seems like there's a war between you and God, like he's trying to get your attention. He's having conflict with you right now because he wants to bring peace. And the conflict isn't peaceful, but it can lead to peace. Maybe today you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe today you're ready to take a step of baptism and and go from that old life to that new life and walk across that bridge of the cross. If you're ready to do that, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'll be standing right at the back of the room, right at the connect corner. Maybe today you need to follow the example of Jesus and bring peace into somebody's life by being a peacemaker. Because you know that there's somebody, that there's a wall up between you and them. There's a barrier. And right now, you, maybe you're conflicted because you're like, he's not talking about that person. Maybe God is. Maybe there's a friend you had conflict with this last week and you built a wall real quick. Maybe it's time to call that friend and break that wall down. Maybe you had a family member years ago and there's been a barrier between you guys ever since. Maybe there's some conflict in your soul right now because the Holy Spirit's trying to say, yes, it's time. Knock down that wall and build a bridge so that you can be connected and so that they can be connected. I don't know what all is going on in the room and in your life, but, but I'm confident of this, that Jesus set us an example that we need to step in and follow, even if it brings persecution into our life. Why don't we stand up right now? I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna, we're gonna start connecting with Jesus. And if you need to connect with others, come talk to us in the Connect Corner because we all need to respond. Jesus, move in our midst. Thank you for being the bridge builder, the barrier breaker. Help us to follow your example and do the same. In your name. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week. Mm -hmm.